12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, you're on 12 to 1 with me, Adrian Abraham. And joining me on the show today is the ABC News journalist, Jason Dacey. Of course, a very familiar name for those who used to listen to his weekend morning show right here on Money FM 89.3. Jason, how are you doing? Good afternoon, Adrian. It's always good to speak to you and bring you the latest news uh, from Australia. Jason, earlier we spoke about Melbourne, how they had a lockdown in January during the Australian Open. Then it was Brisbane. And then now it's Perth. But the mask mandate remains. The lockdown has been lifted. What's the latest surrounding Perth? Yes, Adrian, we saw Perth going into a three-day lockdown over the weekend, but uh, Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan announced on Monday that from midnight on that day, the lockdown would be eased because of the lack of community transmission. But as you mentioned, the uh, mask mandate will continue until the coming weekend. It was a bit of a scare because we did have a returning traveller. It was triggered by a man who had returned from India after travelling to get married and his infection subsequently leaked out of a quarantine hotel. He travelled from Perth to Melbourne. And as a result, we saw a bit of a scare across Australia. In fact, we had a flight that uh, went from Perth to Brisbane. And some of the people on that flight from Brisbane, just as the lockdown was imposed last weekend, when they arrived in Brisbane, they were sent into hotel quarantine, much to their disgust. They only had to stay there for three days when it emerged that uh, the situation in Perth wasn't so bad. But we're always on edge and always have this situation where the hotel quarantine system does seem to have a fault in it, even though the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, this week said that it's 99.99% effective. But we are seeing little cases here and there where someone will uh, come out of hotel quarantine not knowing that they are infected. And we've had the Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk calling for a different way of quarantining people when they return from overseas. She says that the hotel system is inadequate and there should be you know, centres built in different or different parts of Australia, like Toowoomba, which is a regional town outside Brisbane, where she suggested that the federal government put money into building a quarantine system there. So that's the debate that goes on here in Australia. Yeah, speaking of, you know, quarantine facilities, one of the major problems with the COVID-19 pandemic is international students haven't been able to further their education abroad to these institutions. But the state of Victoria, from next month under a state government plan, they're thinking about getting a new quarantine hotel for foreigners who can boost the economy because we all know that foreign education is a major source for the economy. What is being done to bring back students, but also to make sure that they are safe and so is the rest of the population? Well, the state of Victoria is one of the busiest states in terms of international students because of the city of Melbourne with uh, so many students from the likes of Singapore, Malaysia, China, all over Asia. But Victoria wants to welcome back international students and workers next month under a government plan that would support its COVID-19 economic recovery. And the state's proposing to the federal government, which must approve it, that 120 arrivals per week from May the 24th would come in. And this would kind of follow the model that we saw during the Australian Open Tennis Tournament, uh, which uh, happened a couple of months ago, where they would kind of go into a different system to the 
hotel quarantine system that was spoken about. And the cost of the quarantine program would be over and above the 3000 Australian dollar fee that one adult is currently paying to go through a hotel quarantine. So there's a way to go, but it's such a big industry. We've spoken about it on this show before. I mean, the international students to Australia are so important for the economy. It's one of the biggest uh, industries that we have. But many international students remain outside Australia, whether they're doing remote learning, whatever else. But there are parts of the course that they need to come here to Australia to complete. Yeah, it must be difficult for international students who have to do online classes and not basically be at these institutions because it's the education is a major part of it. But I guess the social aspect as well that they're missing out on because of the pandemic. But how are universities operating now? Do they have international students back or is it a waiting game? Well, there are some international students that are still here because they didn't leave Australia to go back to their respective countries when COVID-19 happened. I'm actually friends with with a couple here who are, of course, missing their families and friends abroad. But, I mean, the situation is that just a small percentage of the international students are actually here in Australia. And you're walking around areas, inner city areas. For example, I'm coming to you from Brisbane. These areas that house a lot of international students are a bit like ghost towns at the moment. So it does affect many areas of society society, whether it's inner city real estate, whether it's, you know, student restaurants and cafes and all that kind of thing. And of course, the institutions themselves. Yeah, let's move away from the COVID-19 pandemic for just a little bit. We know that the 2032 Olympic Games, Brisbane is a front runner to host the Olympics. And Prime Minister Scott Morrison has guaranteed the federal government will cover half the cost. So what's the state premier Anastasia Palaszczuk saying about Scott Morrison's statement? She's very excited about it. We spoke about her before. And then uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk is from the Labour Party. She's the Queensland Premier. Scott Morrison is from the more conservative Liberal National Party. They haven't had the best relationship during the COVID-19 pandemic because they have quite different ways of approaching the way to cope with things. But uh, she's actually welcomed the funding commitment because it's a 50-50 split with Mr. Morrison and the federal government say it will cover half the cost of the 2032 Olympic Games that will be hosted by Brisbane, but with also different events happening on the Sunshine Coast, on the Gold Coast, the Scenic Rim. And she says it's best when we work together. And this is something that will really help its chances of getting approval uh, from the International Olympic Committee. As many listeners know, Brisbane is the preferred bidder for the 2032 Games. And we could get a final approval from the IOC as early as July, which is just after the Tokyo Olympics, uh, the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, of course, one year late due to the pandemic. We could know as soon as then that uh, it will go ahead and, and we could see, you know, the Gabba, which is a, a famous cricket ground. Many of your listeners would have heard of that. It, that will likely be the Olympic Stadium. We'll see a massive redevelopment. Infrastructure will be, you know, increased within the inner city and also other parts of, of the southeast. So I can remember what happened to my hometown of, of Sydney back in 2000. The Olympics of 2000 really changed Sydney from a, you know, regional city within the Asia Pacific region to uh, an international city. And that's now, what, 21 years ago. So we could know quite soon if Brisbane gets the nod from the IOC to host these Summer Olympics in 2032, because we know how expensive it is for other cities to bid and be unsuccessful. 
So the big question is, you know, will Brisbane host the Olympic Games, which will be the third time the Summer Olympics have been hosted by Australia, Melbourne in 1956, Sydney in 2000, and potentially Brisbane in 2032. And I'm sure you're eagerly awaiting the result of that decision. And if Brisbane does host the Olympic Games, then what a day it will be for you because you can relive all those days again to be in a host city, you know, once again in your life. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey. He's an ABC news journalist, of course. He's the helm the weekend morning show right here on Money FM 89.3. Jason, we both love sports, but the situation in India is something which no one has seen in recent times. The COVID-19 situation out there is out of control. The Indian Premier League, the Cricket League is still going on, but a number of Australian players have been pulling out, citing concern about their health and safety, but also a lack of playing time. But with more players pulling out of the tournament, do you feel that it should still carry on or because it brings people happiness and it sort of keeps them home for about four hours a day or so? Or do you feel that the tournament should be suspended given the COVID-19 situation in India? Well, Adrian, this is a, a tournament that you and I have both worked on. We've covered it. I've been there for at least uh, two or three IPLs, you know, working as a sports reporter. And we know that it's not just an Indian event, it's an international event. And also it should be keeping in mind that uh, there is a bubble within the IPL and the IPL is going ahead in a COVID bubble. So honestly, there's not a lot of risk to the players themselves. It is giving joy uh, to the Indian audience. But the big story here is uh, the Australian cricketers who are trying to get home because of their concerns to to get back. They don't know when they're going to get back with now all flights uh, between Australia and India postponed, called off until uh, the middle of May. So there are 16 Australian cricketers playing in the Indian Premier League. And already we've seen Andrew Tai uh, coming home. He got out before the Flights were stopped between India and Australia, but many big names like Steve Smith, Pat Cummins and David Warner still playing there. So it's very, very concerning for not just, uh, you know, the cricketers there, but anyone who's got connections to India. So it was quite touching because Pat Cummins has donated, I think, $50,000 towards the relief efforts in trying to get oxygen to some of the people affected. But, you know, again, one has to wonder whether sport is worth it. It is bringing joy, but there is that risk. So the international players, including those Australians, are are very vulnerable at the moment as the IPL continues. Yeah, Jason, also the fact that they have to travel, you know, between cities for the tournament because it's played across different legs. How much more can these players take? Because they're going to be exposed to the virus. You mentioned the bubble, but still traveling around, you never know. It just takes one player to come into contact with the virus and for them to be a possible mass spreader. So should the governing council do something more? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, I'm looking on social media at the moment and there's a picture of David Warner and Kane Williamson, the New Zealand player, traveling in full PPE gear as they head to Delhi for an IPL match. Uh, That's uh, something you can see on Twitter at the moment. So yeah, there is always that risk. All you need is one bit of infection and, you know, potentially your life is in danger. So yeah, we've got uh, Andrew Tai saying that, you know, it was the least of his concerns, the financial sacrifice he'd made by leaving the IPL. He flew back to Sydney just before the flight stopped between Australia and India. And he's actually going through hotel quarantine as we speak in Sydney before he flies back to Perth. So he was someone who said he just wanted to get out of India and just put all the risks aside as uh, he thought his family and, and being with them is more important than the big money that you can make in the IPL.
Yeah, some of these players weren't actually part of the first team setup, except I think Kane Richardson, Zampa and Andrew Tai, they both didn't play. Just before I let you go, Jason, you have a new radio show in Logan, 101 FM, back to doing radio again. Tell me a little bit more about, first of all, Logan and how are you enjoying it so far? I'm really enjoying uh, being back on radio, Adrian. I'm on uh, 101 FM, Logan City, and, and a lot of uh, listeners out there may not be so familiar with Logan. It's actually a city that's slightly south of Brisbane on the way to the Gold Coast. Population now of 326,000 and there are some great tourist attractions. I'm always trying to sing the the praises of Logan now. One of the, the best places to go is the Daisy Hill Koala Center. There's no admission there so you can kind of go for a bushwalk within the Logan area and see koalas in their natural habitat i've done that with my daughter and seen you know koalas nesting in i don't know if nesting's the right word but hanging in the tree nesting's really a term for birds isn't it but you know it's it's a really interesting uh, assignment for me to work in local radio having worked with some of the big networks around the world like cnn and bbc and of course more recently with money fm in singapore so do check out uh, my radio show uh, if you're not listening to money fm on 101 fm in logan city and what does the show include, just to let our listeners know what else you've been up to? Well, I'm uh, playing a lot of music. The The music range uh, is very broad. And of course, I remember the days of working at Money FM with Clarissa Montero, our music director, and all her wonderful selections. But now I get to choose the music for my station. So the different categories include 66 to 69, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, and today. That is a very, very broad spectrum of music. Uh, and I'm enjoying that, as well as some interviews with uh, interesting people around town and also internationally. Yeah, you have a wide selection of music to choose from. So it must keep you very busy alongside your other job at ABC News as well. We've been in conversation with Jason Dacey, former host of the Weekend Morning Show right here on Money FM, currently uh, ABC News journalist, also radio DJ at Logan 101 FM. Jason, congratulations. Always good catching up with you and uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you very much, Adrian. And let's all spare a thought and a prayer for the people of India. Let's hope they can get through the very tough time at the moment. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.